Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Sally A. from South Jersey and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, June 30th, 2016, and we will resume our study of the AA Big Book on page 76 in the chapter Into Action in the third paragraph beginning where it says, Now we need more action, reading two paragraphs ending with we will uh, then in our talk of spiritual discoveries. The first paragraph will be for context only, so we will ask that you focus your comments on the second paragraph. Today's readers are for the 12 Steps, Amanda R., 12 Traditions, Lisa B. Our readers of the text will be Monica T., Elaine B., and Rachel N. M., the reference numbers for Wednesday, June 29th is 8874. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that, oops, I lost my place. Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Amanda R. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Amanda R. I am a recovered compulsive eater in Maine. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater in ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I passed. Thank you so much, Amanda. And I will now ask Lisa B. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Lisa B. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in South Carolina. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, Each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the AA Big Book on page 76 in the chapter Into Action. We're in the third paragraph beginning where it says, now we need more action and Well, I'll be asking Monica to read two paragraphs and share on the second paragraph only. Monica T. Good morning, Sally. 
<clears throat> Excuse me. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. Now, we need more action, without which we find that faith without works is dead. Let's look at steps eight and nine. We have a list of all persons we have harmed and to whom we are willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. We subjected ourselves to a drastic self-appraisal. Now we go out to our fellows and repair the damage done in the past. We attempt to sweep away the debris which has accumulated out of our effort to live on self-will and run the show ourselves. If we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. Remember, it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol. Probably there are still some misgivings. As we look over the list of business acquaintances and friends we have hurt, we may feel diffident about going to some of them on a spiritual basis. Let us be assured, reassured. To some people, we need not and probably should not emphasize the spiritual feature on our first approach. We might prejudice them. At the moment, we are trying to put our lives in order. But this is not an end in itself. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be a maximum service to God and the people about us. It is seldom wise to approach an individual who still smarts from our injustice to him and announced that we have gone religious. In the prize wing, this would be called leading with the chin. Why lay ourselves open to being branded fanatics or religious bores? We may kill a future opportunity to carry a, beneficial, a beneficial, beneficial message, but our man is sure to be impressed with a sincere desire to set right the wrong. He is going to be more interested in a demonstration of goodwill than in our talk of spiritual discoveries. I'm still Monica, compulsive overeater here. So here we are, steps in the big book in the chapter, Into Action, being given our instructions on steps eight and nine. And the principle for step eight is self-discipline, and the principle for nine is love. So in this paragraph here, we're talking about step eight and making our list. So where does this list come from? I was instructed to just rewrite the original list of resentments that I had and to add to that list any others that might belong on that list and any financial amends that I might need to go on there. So, And then go down the list and, and check the ones that would be direct amends or living amends or letters. And so who gets the direct amends? And it says people we have hurt. You know, what's a hurt? Somebody that I have harmed. I've caused some type of negative impact on them. I've caused some type of destruction. My behaviors have hurt them. And then they're warning us, now don't go out. You know, we've, we've been working on this spiritual experience here, this spiritual awareness through this program. It's a spiritual solution to our problem. But don't go out and start going all religious or spiritual on these people. That, 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 that's probably not going to work. You know, we're going to make amends to these people because we're trying to make right the wrongs that we did. And um, 
sentence I'll just end with this the last sentence says that you know they'll be more interested in a demonstration of goodwill you know goodwill our actions not our words are probably what's going to make the big difference in a lot of these and with that I guess Okay, I'm back. I'm sorry I had myself muted. Okay, um, first let me just say before I go ahead and open up to who would like to share, I just want to say we've got plenty of time. We're not rushing through this. There's a lot here. And so um, please don't be concerned that you're not going to get a turn to share if you have a, your heart's desire is to share on this paragraph. Would anyone like to share on what was read? Okay, that's not normal. Can you hear me? Tina S. Yes. Vasa, I'd like to share. Thank this is you. Bella, can I share? Yeah. Vasa, Bella, sure. Rhonda D. I'm not, I can't quite make out Rhonda. that name. Rhonda. Rhonda D. Okay, Rhonda, yeah. you're going to have to... Go out and come back in, but I do have you on the list, okay? But go out and come back in because you're breaking up severely. You'll probably get a better connection, okay? Okay. Okay. Anyone else? Okay. Let's go ahead and get started. Tina and Vasa, you'll be up next. Now, we're sharing on page. Tina, you're clear on where we're sharing, but probably there are still some misgivings. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, thanks, Sally. Uh, Tina S., compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Uh, a lot of good stuff here, you know. And, you know, I was uh, one of these people that I had some mis- misgivings, you know. I wasn't quite sure because my understanding, I guess, when I – after I did the third step and, and for quite a while, I was like, okay, this God stuff is, uh, you know, a little – little scary for me because I was raised, you know, Catholic and wasn't all sure about that. But then, you know, through the process, I got to a place of, uh, you know, uh, believing in a power greater than myself as opposed to just a religious God. And um, and so, you know, I, I I was all about not, not going and saying, hey, you know, here's this God stuff, which, you know, I kind of like that part of this. And, and one of the things I grasped on to here was it, it says that our real purpose today, you know, is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us, you know, because that was not something I ever wanted to do. And therefore, you know, once I did the fourth and the fifth and uh, my sponsor said, now you never have to be this person again. You know, I had always wanted to do the next right thing, you know, but with all my um, fears and insecurities, I, um, you know, was selfish and self-centered and dishonest and all that kind of stuff. It manifested. So, so today I had the opportunity to do the next right thing and to be of maximum service. And, and, you know, so once I got rid of my stuff and wanted to be a messenger of a power greater than myself, just to do the next right thing and to treat people the way people should be treated, the way that I wanted them to treat me. You know, um, that was the good news. You know, that was the good news. And um, and I, I also liked what was shared. You know, he is going to be more interested in a demonstration of goodwill than in our talk of spiritual discoveries. You know, the people I harmed, they weren't, they weren't concerned about me being all that. They were concerned about me doing the, the right thing when it has 
when it is concerned with them. And, and you know, today I have that opportunity because, you know, it talks about in the 10 step when these things crop up because they do, then I can, you know, if I need to make amends, then I can do that. And, and an amends, again, which has always been shared, is to change my behavior. You know, it's not just to say I'm sorry. So, um, you know, I can um, be of real service, you know, be of um, maximum service to God and those about me. That are past things. Thanks, Tina and Vasa. You're up, and Bella, you'll be up next. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Sally, for your service. And I am grateful to recover compulsive overeater calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And remember, it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any length for victory over alcohol, and I was willing and I was ready to do whatever it took, you know, the way the steps are laid out, because I didn't want to ever, ever go back to the food. So even though it didn't feel comfortable, it didn't feel good, I just kept on asking God and, you know, going to the meetings and just, you know, seeing how people did it. And, you know, they gave me the strength and they said, you can do it. So, you know, uh, and I was ready. I was willing. And I did go back to my fourth step and I um, took all the resentments that I had on on my index card, four by, I mean, three by five, and I added more if I needed to add more and listed all the people I needed to make amends to. And I remember I, you know, put plus if I needed to make um, plus and minus. And uh, I wanted, my sponsor suggested I go over with that, with her, with them, and where I needed to make amends, where and where I need need not to make amends, and that was really helpful because I thought I needed to amends to make amends to all of them, you know, people that I didn't even hurt. I probably they were in my mind, but I physically or, or verbally or I never went and hurt them, you know. So, um, and I did with letters, and I did face-to-face, and I did over the phone. So, it, it was very healing. It was very healing. And maybe this few more I need to make amends to in the old country, and God will put them in my life if I need to make amends to them. If not, I pray for them. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. And Bella, your turn. And Rhonda, you'll be up next. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Sally, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. To be of maximum service to God. Wow, it's such a relief. Wow, thank you, God, that now, you know, God trusts me. I came to a point that I am responsible. I am, you know, I am a big girl that I can be trusted, and to be trusted of of what? That I am God's messenger. I am not my ego messenger anymore. Today, I am God's messenger, and today, I don't want to give over my ego. Today, I want to give over God's message for me. And what is the message? That I am not judging and not blaming, not judging and not blaming not myself and not you either. It's not judging and blaming anymore. You know, today I accept that I am not a judge. You know, I don't have license 
to be a judge. And today, you know, by by making the amends, it's not because I was a bad girl, because I wasn't smart enough, because I didn't listen. No, I have to make the amends because I am human and I have my character defects and I did mistakes. I did mistakes and you did also because we are all at the same page. And today it's a relief because when I went and I, I still I am making those amends, it's not because I want to be a people pleaser and it's not because I am jealous and it's not because I want to win. It's because today I am God's messenger only and today I am responsible, responsible of my life, responsible, responsible to do the best I can one day at a time. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you so much, Bella. And Rhonda, you're up, and I'll take a turn after that. Rhonda, you there? Yeah, I am. I hope you can hear me. Oh, my goodness, Rhonda. We really cannot hear you like this. You sound like you're uh, underwater in the ocean. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It It isn't. There's something okay. wrong with your telephone connection. Forgive me. No, it's just it's just because I to you all every day so I will pass then thanks I'll go on to the next person okay okay thank you Rhonda I'm just going to jump in here take a quick turn and I'm going to open up the lines again um so I'm looking at the top of page 77 and there's some there's some really great things here first before I even go to there let me just speak to that word harm friends we have hurt or friends we have harmed and I want to say that one of the interesting things that I hear oh by the way I'm Sally A South Jersey recovered compulsive overeater and um, what I wanted to say about this paragraph is that I've had, I've done many, of, I've taken a lot of people through the 12 steps. And one of the things that has, has come to my attention is a lot of times people think that in this step they can fix every relationship that's ever gone wrong. They, they think that they can, maybe I can say I'm sorry. And they, and they actually will say to me, I really don't know what I did wrong, but she doesn't like me and I would like to do something to fix it if I can. And it doesn't work that way. This is not about you fixing every relationship that you wish was righted. Because sometimes it's not about you, it's about them. This is about you focusing on your harms. And if you can't identify a harm done, then you don't have an amends to make. You really can't say, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, like people do all the time in grocery stores when they haven't even done anything to you. So think about that. The other thing on top of 77 with this sentence here, this precious, precious sentence, our purpose is to fit. I love that. Fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. As opposed to on page 88 where it tells us in the top paragraph, coming down about five sentences, we do not tire so easily. for We are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. So the opposite of arranging the lights and arranging uh, the people and putting them where we want them to be, arranging life to suit ourselves, the opposite apparently is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us, to surrender outcomes, to fit in 
and to accept what is happening, but not to try to control. This is really all new stuff for me because most of my life I was a big control freak and I was really a great camouflage expert. I didn't think you knew I was so manipulative and so controlling. Most people actually come to find out they knew all the time. The last thing I want to say with my last little 30 seconds here is I love the way he brings up not to lead with the chin. And I feel it reminds me of Ebby when he said to Bill, I've got religion. And Bill was so taken aback. Oh, not that. So in the prize ring, this would be called leading with the chin. And so we, we know from Bill's experience that it truly brought up hackles. It brought up the hair on the back of his head. It, it caused him right away to bring up his pride and his prejudice. And I, my time is up, so I'm just going to say, yes, a lot is said in this paragraph. Does anyone have something else they might want to add? This is Janice. This is Du. Nessa R. Du. Nessa R. Janice M. Jane. I heard someone else. It was Amy G. Oh, Amy G. I'm sorry. It wasn't Jane. It was Amy G. I've got Janice. Do Nessa R, Amy G, was there anyone else? Okay, let's go with that. Janice and Do, you'll be up next. Janice, which Janice are you? Can you give us the first initial of your last name? Hmm. Can I be heard? Yeah. Janice. <laughs> Janice, great. Go ahead, Janice. Janice. I'm talking to you and congratulating you and everything. Well, good morning to you. <laughs> you guys are all trying to confuse me today, uh, I can tell. <laughs> uh, Yes, good morning, everyone. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive eater. I'm going to take it back on what uh, everybody practically said, but I'm going to talk about to be of service. Okay? Now, this is step we're doing, you know, we're going into step nine, and and what's this all about? Well, this is the purpose, you know. We're going to be of service because before these steps, we were only service to myself, selfish, selfish, selfish. So to be servant, to be of service is to God and not to me, you know, not to man, but in a different, different way. In other words, um, we're going to, you know, when we do things for people, in a different way, now we're going to be selfless. What qualifies me to do this? Well, it's going to be that I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And that's the only way I can be of, <clears throat> pardon me, maximum service to God and to others. Because now I'm going to be having a spiritual awakening. And that means that, you know, I am going to be of service. I'm going to do for others. You know, instead of living um, in, in just for myself, um, we're going to lose ourselves. I am going to lose myself by helping others. You see, that's the greatest gift that I got. God bestowed upon me that gift, that gift. Um, it, nothing could be better than that. So to be of service is the highest honor that, you know, my, my higher power, whom I choose to call God, could bestow upon me. Um, where I'm going to share his blessings that he gave to me. And that's what it says. Instead of talking, I'm going to demonstrate. I'm going to show others. I'm not going to talk about religion and all that. You know, I'm going to show them 
and then when we get into it, then, you know, um, I will talk about it. But it's, you know, the, 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 the quote, do unto others that you would like to have done unto you, that's to be of service, is to give, 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 give. I used to take, take, take. And um, that's the maximum service that I'm going to give to God without any expectations. Um, you know, um, I'm, uh, it's, just a, it's just a wonderful thing. It's going to be an unconditional love. That is because that's what I get from my higher power, an unconditional love. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Nick. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. And do it's your turn, and Nessa R., you'll be up next. Stu. <laughs> Good morning. This is Stu. Good morning, <laughs> Take <laughs> Thank you. I'm like, oh, my God, my phone <clears throat> sometimes freezes. I'm going to put my timer on here. So good morning. Um, my name is Du, and I am a recover compulsive overeater from New York. Um, <clears throat> I, I love this. It says, you know, there's some misgivings with our business acquaintance and friends that we have hurt. We may feel diffident about going to some of them on a spiritual basis. And what is diffident? Because some, <clears throat> some people think they misread this word and they think it's different. No, it's diffident. Diffident means to be hesitant in acting and speaking through the lack of confidence, self-confidence, being distrustful or hesitant or reserved. And, and they're saying, you don't have to worry about that. You know, we're going to reassure you, you don't have to go on a spiritual basis. Um, you know, the thing is you're going to try to put your life in order and you're going to be of maximum service to these people. So how do I take that approach, you know, when I'm going to, make an amends to someone. Well, I'm not going to go in with a self-righteous attitude, right? I'm not going to go in thinking, well, I got programmed now, so now you have to forgive me and everything, I'm going to put everything right and everything's going to be good because, you see, I changed. And you have to recognize that I changed. No, that's not what this step is about. It's not that I got programmed all of a sudden and everybody has to fall in line with what I'm doing. It's saying we're going to be willing to make these amends. We're going to take responsibility for our character defects. We're going to take responsibility for righting the wrong, if that is even possible, right? Because in my experience, a lot of people didn't even want to come near me. They didn't want to see me. They didn't want to care. They didn't care for me to make amends to them because they thought, you know, this person is just. You know, they're just, they're just recollecting all the stuff that I did to them in the past. And so they haven't forgotten. They haven't forgotten how horrible I, I've been. They don't know what process I've gone through to change. Um, so this is saying I'm not going as a holy crusader now and trying to tell them what changes I've made. But instead, I'm going to demonstrate to them and press on them that I have a desire to right the wrong. So I'm going on a different basis. And my attitude, my heartfelt desire is going to show, right, when I go to these people. Because if they say, you know, the best thing that you can do for me is never speak to me again and never see me again, then I have to swallow my pride and say, you know what, I'm, I'm sad to hear that because I came to make an amends. But if that's what you wish then I am going to comply because today I'm a different person and I'm going to be of service to you and not bother you again. And that's, that's me making amends to a person, 
you know, whether they, they receive my amends or not, it doesn't matter. My thing is to demonstrate to them that today I'm a changed person. I'm going to respect what they are asking of me. And that's a way I can make an amends to the person. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Nessa R., you're up. And Amy G., you'll be up next. Hi, good morning. My name is Nessa R., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Um, this line, at the moment, we are trying to put our lives in order, but this is not an end in itself. So the end is a close relationship with God where I am living a life uh, with my will aligned um, with his. Um, it's not about getting people to, to like me or um, it's not even about um, setting right the wrongs that I did, although, of course, that's part of the process. Um, that's not where it ends. Um, where it ends is me doing things because they're the right thing to do, because it's this, because this is what God demands of me. And so when I make amends, it has to be without any ulterior motive, no matter how, how lofty they may be, because otherwise I'm just uh, regressing to my playing God, you know, manipulating others to get what I want. And so when, when I make amends, I have to make amends without any expectations whatsoever, including um, no expectations of being forgiven, no expectations of receiving gratitude or admiration from the people I'm making amends to, no expectations of acceptance or understanding, not even of reconciliation or restoration of, of, of the relationship if it was damaged because of what I did. You know, because some relationships are beyond repair, and, and that's okay as long as I... I do what I'm supposed to do. And then finally, and this is, this is like the most difficult one, is there has to be no expectations of the other person making amends of their own. Because if we have those expectations, you know, we are still stuck in the I am right and you are wrong or I was wrong but you were more wrong. And again, I go back to this line. Um, it's always back to this line. In, in, page, in, in page 67, you know, though a situation had not been entirely our fault, we try to disregard the other person involved entirely. Um, you know, it is not the person, the other person who is working a program of recovery. It is not the other person who is trying to um, develop a close conscious connection with their creator. It is me. I'm the one who's trying to recover. I am the one who, um, who is seeking um, a higher purpose, you know, to fit myself to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. So it doesn't matter if they apologize. Um, it doesn't matter if they admire me or are grateful or even forgive me. I'm doing what I need to do um, to recover and open myself up to God, to remove the final blockages, to clear the final... Um, uh, vestiges of debris that I have laid in my wake um, through the years I've been, play I've been playing God. Uh, and so I have to stop playing God right now and make amends without any expectations whatsoever. And I pass. Okay. Thank you so much, Nessa R. And Amy G., it's your turn. 
Great. Hi, Sally. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland, and thanks, everyone, for an awesome meeting. Now, I know this is in the first paragraph, but it's really important, I think, in my humble opinion. It says, you know, faith without works is dead, and it's stressed and highlighted in that paragraph before we moved on to the second paragraph we read today, and I believe in the process of steps eight and nine, you know, step eight, we make a list, and step nine, we go to work. And for me, in this program, I learned that we act our way into a new way of thinking, and I also acted my way into a new way of believing and having faith and the process of doing those amends and the work that was entailed, the action that was entailed is what helped me grow in my faith and taking those action steps. So it was really important for me to remember why I was making these amends, to grow in my spiritual fitness, to grow in my faith so that I would not die of compulsive overeating. That was my entire focus. Like was just said with the prior share, it was so awesome. You know, my purpose for making those amends was not to have everyone right with me and my people-pleasing attitude and everyone to like me. It was so that I not die of compulsive overeating to become a changed person, to not just to say I'm sorry, but to amend my behavior. So we get to work. And again, it stresses working here with a recovered sponsor and someone to decide, you know, when it says businesses, acquaintances, and friends, it's like three categories. How do I make my list? and then decide who and what I make amends to and how I make amends and how much I'm going to reveal spiritually and how much I'm going to talk about God. And a lot of that would depend entirely on whether they are a business person, an employee, a boss, an acquaintance, a friend, or a family member would certainly dictate how I would go about and how in-depth I would go about the spiritual aspect of the program. So I'm being guided here. These are real basic instructions to say, slow down, take a look, and let's go about thinking about what would be the best way that I can be of service to the other person by making amends in an appropriate manner. We're learning how to relate to other people now. We are getting out of ourselves. And the whole thing about being of maximum service, to me, how do I be of maximum service to God? It's to be the best person I can be, to heal to recover. I mean, we read about it in the vision for you, you know, clean up the past. That's what we do. We are cleaning up the wreckage of the past so that we can move forward and be of maximum service to others and how we can carry a message of recovery to the next suffering compulsive overeater. I can't do that if I'm carrying the wreckage of the past and I've not made amends. Can't stay sober if I don't make those amends. They make that very clear over and over again. So I have purpose now, I have action, and I have work that I need to do, and I need to go about it with the guidance of a recovered sponsor, and I grow in faith as I do that through this process of eight and nine. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. And um, before we move on, are there, and does anyone else want to share on this paragraph? I've got room for one or two, one or two shares. <clears throat> this is Larry. Uh, And Jody W. Okay, and Jody W. Let's go ahead with you too, and then we'll move on to um, Elaine. Larry, you're up, and Jody, you'll be up next. Okay, thanks, Sally. Uh, Appreciate your service. This is Larry K., Recovered Compulsive Reader. Um, The only thing I want to add, there was so many beautiful things shared. Um, Just from a more global standpoint with with Step 9, you know, Step 9, I did not – view that as a gift when I was in step four and even five, you know, more as a chore. 
today I look back as a recovered person and I, I, I really look upon step nine in going to make um, these amends, to change. That's really what that word means, of course, is to change um, as a gift. Um, it was, if there were any step for me that, uh, again, these, all these steps have to be done in sequence. You can't jump from one to nine. I tried. <laughs> I'd be happy to tell you about the outcome. It wasn't good. Um, but when done in sequence, when you get to step nine, and in hindsight, looking back, step nine was a tremendous gift, and I didn't know what I didn't know. What I know today was making amends brought me not just making amends, but, but as part of this process. It was a huge, huge aspect of this program that brought me into an alignment with my higher power in a way that I could not have uh, been able to foresee. And, it, you know, there was a miracle in that, you know. It still took action. I had to be willing to do it. But I'll share with you, you know, and I, I, this story isn't about one person. It's about, you know, many, many people, including myself. You know, there was, there was perhaps you had an amend, you know, or, or have an amend that you have to make that you know you have to make. You have to clean up your side of the street, but you just don't want to make that amend. And I was like that person, too. And those are some of the most powerful amends. It doesn't matter how they go. As long as your heart is in the right place and your mind is in the right place to clean up your side of the street, it doesn't matter. You make your demonstration, your heart is in the right place. If I continue to carry a resentment towards a person where a harm was done, well, then I won't change with regard to that person. I have to allow my higher power to do for me what I could not do for myself. And that, that became evident. That manifested itself. In, in step nine, and it's, you know, we'll read on, I'll wrap up by saying, we'll read on more about what we can expect in some of the promises that come. But um, it's an amazing, amazing process, and I'm glad that I, that I saw it through, because if I didn't, I'd, I'm not sure I would be here. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Larry. And Jody, it's your turn. Thank you. Uh, Jody W., Recovering compulsive overeater from Wisconsin. Uh, I'm uh, particularly struck in this paragraph that begins, we attempt to sweep away uh, a couple of things. Our effort to live on self-will and run the show ourselves. We ask until it comes. I feel like I've been on vision for you maybe since November and uh, absent uh, this last week, until this last weekend when my niece was here, it was my first time having company and, you know, the stress of all that. And I definitely picked up food I definitely should not be eating. Otherwise, uh, a lot went well. So, and I can realize that when I'm in that hostess with my wonderful niece visiting me, wanting everything to go so well, I lose track. You know, it's, you're will, you're making things happen. So, it was good. It was, um, I felt like I wasn't, I made progress, not perfection in terms of acknowledging when I was struggling, uh, picking up food, when I was able to go to my higher power, when I totally forgot. <laughs> um, and uh, so I feel like the second sentence, if we haven't the will to do this, we ask until it comes. That's the forgiving sentence. I feel like it's where we say, yeah, we're human and 
And then if we lose our, our if we get into our will and we lose track, then we can go back to our to our prayer asking until it comes. So, uh, and then the great reminder at the end, we would go to any lengths for victory and, and remembering my commitment to that. So this paragraph for me has this wonderful rhythm of, yeah, we're human, this is what can happen, and, and this is where we go with that, and, and this is where we remember our commitment. Um, so with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to go ahead and ask Elaine to read for us on page 77. We don't use this as an excuse for shying away from the subject of God. Thank you, Sally. Elaine B. Recovered in Massachusetts. We don't use this as an excuse for shying away from the subject of God. When it will serve any good purpose, we are willing to announce our convictions with tact and common sense. The question of how to approach the man we hated will arise. It may be he has done more to harm, done us more harm than we have done him. And though we may have acquired a better attitude toward him, we're still not too keen about admitting our faults. Nevertheless, with a person we dislike, we take the bit in our teeth. It's harder to go to an enemy than a friend, but we find it much more beneficial. We go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our former ill feeling and expressing our regret. And so, again, we're, we're in this place to be of maximum service to God and others. So that includes sharing about God when it may serve a good purpose. So we don't want to shy away from the opportunity to uh, share a message that, that may be helpful for someone. We want to be in a position where the door is open um, in that relationship because we've come to set it straight to the best of our ability. We're not responsible for how they respond, what they think of us, or anything else. It's our side of the street that we're looking at. So what if we hate the guy? <laughs> what if we have, you know, been saying the sick man's prayer for two weeks and we're still a little nervous about this? Um, we're still too <laughs> not too sure about heading out um, about it. Well, we take the bit in our teeth, and, and what does that make you think of? A horse, right? They put a bit in the horse's teeth. And, um, you know, the saying means just to sort of throw off restraint, proceed, Go towards your cause, you know, take control, take action. And we did say we go to any length, and that means we got to go to the guys that hate us, not just the easy ones. And it says it's more beneficial if we go to the easy ones. But the thing about the bit and the teeth is there's a reason that it's there. You know, a horse can run its horse any time. Itself will run riot. We can do our thing any time. The reason why there's a bit in the teeth is that there's someone at the rain kind of leading the way. And the thing that I love about this is if we go to our uh, worst enemy, perceived or real, um, because I'm a powerless victim is a kind of a default setting that I have to keep saying, you know, that person's not my enemy. But if I believe he is and I'm a little not keen about going in my, my fault, I'm not going alone. I have, um, you know, the, the higher power deep within me that is going within me that's directed me. Not only that, there's, there's wisdom in the council. My sponsor said, you know, we'll work on our amends, but I want you to run it by a few other people. And 
like the guy in the book who had alimony to pay and he was willing to go to jail if that meant, if that's what it meant. Um, when he talked to other people about it, he said, how can you really help your family if you're in jail? You can't earn anything. So as I talk to different people, I'm able to refine, put together a simple amends that I can go so I'm prepared. But I'm also prepared with a forgiving and helpful spirit. And that is, that's my course. Um, and I'm not alone. I'm not alone. <laughs> and we get great benefits because then we're not afraid of that person anymore. How wonderful is that? With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Elaine D. I've got time for two shares on this on this paragraph, and we'll revisit it tomorrow. Does anyone have a burning desire to share on this paragraph? Just two. Rachel W. Leah M. Great. We'll just take those two. Rachel W. and then Leah M. Go ahead, Rachel. Hi. Good morning, everyone. This is Rachel W., Recover Compulsive Overeater, calling from New York. And, um, you know, what's coming up for me here is, um, you know, remembering you know what was it like did I did I make amends to anyone I really disliked you know I'm just trying to remember like that first process of what that was like but but you know what I what I just want to drive home here is that what you know why am I doing this process in the first place you know I have to do this so that I don't I don't pick up food again so that I don't fall back into my addiction again and um and you know that that's the driving force behind the desire to to get this you know completed and um and or at least you know from from my efforts to come in and try to repair my relationships and one of the first things that attracted me to this program was um sitting in a meeting and hearing someone say that as the result of working these steps she was able to look people in the eye there was no there was no one she can go she could travel the globe and there was not one person where let's say they were coming down the street that she would duck behind into an alley for, you know, she, she, all of her relationships, she felt they were clean. And I just thought that was such a, a magnet for me, you know, to draw me into this program. And um, my first sponsor way back when she told me that when she did her amends um, and it was, it was not to someone she didn't like, but it was not an easy amends where she had purchased, purchased a lottery ticket for her and another person. And, um, and really the other person's ticket won, but she kept the money and she did this process. She came to her step eight. She went into step nine and realized, you know, she needed to make this amends. She tracked down this woman. She asked her for lunch and over lunch, she explained, look, you know, we, about the raw lottery tickets. And then she, she said, you know, here's the money. And it was a couple hundred dollars. And this woman said, no, you don't, you could keep it. And you know, she, she, she said it wasn't a big deal. Well, the next week this woman had died. This woman died. So my sponsor was telling me how grateful she was to have this process that brought her, you know, into that, into that moment. And um, just the idea of, you know, healing my relationships, doing this, I can see the patterns within myself, you know, and even the patterns within my amends so that, you know, even the amends that I thought that I would never, ever make, that they became easier over time because of the ones I was making, you know, I, be, I it was just continuing what we, what I came to in my, you know, at the end of my fear inventory, at the end of the step four, the resentment inventory was who would God have me be today? And it would be living in the opposite in all of my relationships. And that's the true living your men. So thank you for allowing me to share. Thanks for sharing. And Leah, it's your turn. Thanks so much for your service, Sally. It is harder to go to an enemy than to a friend, but we find it much more beneficial to us. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, I understand that this is a step that makes people shake in their boots. Um, 
this is also the step, you know, that I just had to keep saying to myself, Leia, you know, how free do you want to be? I mean, earlier in the text, it says something like, you know, the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. It meant I would have to throw several lifelong ideas and conceptions out the window, something like that, and that's exactly true. (laughs) It is pretty drastic, isn't it? But so was my disease that was wrapping its talons around my neck tighter and tighter and tighter, even when abstinent. So although I may not like the action steps that the program is suggesting, uh, you know, rebellion may be fatal and delay is dangerous. So I had to do this. I had to, you know, accept the consequences of my past with maturity and responsibility and move forward. Because the number one priority in this process is to access to power, right? Is to access the power that I so desperately need. Because it's difficult for me to live, you know, in uh, whatever, what, what's today, uh, you know, Thursday, June 30th, and drag the actions of the 1980s that whole decade with me. It's hard to live happy, joyous, and free when you're walking down the street hoping you don't bump into the wreckage of your past. (laughs) And the wreckage of your past may not be on the street, but it definitely lives in your head. And since it exists in your head, it's a threat to your serenity because it disturbs you one day at a time as I'm trying to live one day at a time. So that's why this had to, (laughs) these action steps had to be taken. But remember, before you go into that office, or before you sit down with a spouse, or before you uh, sit down with a parent and have this kind of conversation, don't forget to take your higher power in with you. Because we're humbly asking for the removal of shortcomings, and that means we are giving complete license to that loving power to work in our lives. Because we believe that's God's wisdom, and that God's wisdom far exceeded my own. I also had to remember that the task ahead of me was never going to be as great as the power behind me. And that these steps, one by one, in consecutive order, we're going to put me back together the way God intended me to be. And that, that gave me hope. That gave me hope. And people who had gone through this process had been restored to sanity, soundness of mind, and were living freely, that was the ticket. That was the objective, the goal, and the aim that I wanted. And so, yeah, you take the bit and you go for it. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leo. And thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. I would like to invite you to please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. I will ask Rachel N.M. NM to read for us a vision for you, beginning with our book is meant to be suggestive only. Rachel N.M. Good morning. This is Rachel N.M. I'm very grateful to be free of compulsive reading and anorexia uh, today. And thank you, everyone, for your shares and for the good study. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you shall surely meet some of us as you trudge the road. To make of the to anyone who asks. May God bless you and keep you until then. Inviting you to listen. Oh, my. Go ahead, Rachel. Finish it up. May God bless you and keep you until then. I pass. 